is a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, Intercom Studios, Miracle Mile, Maslin and Wilshire, Tuesday, May 28th. June's coming up, ladies and gentlemen. The summer is upon us. Summer football, summer fun. Time to get to the beach. Battle of the beach, that is. Coming up soon at Edison High School. Looking forward to that. Some Scholastic 7-on-7. We got a great show for you today. We're going to talk a little recruiting, a little sleeper from the East Coast. We're going to talk a little quarterback retreat. Also, some Hall of Fame 7-on-7 seven seven natty. I can't do that by myself, or at least I don't choose to. I'm going to bring in my partner right now, 247 Zone National Recruiting Analyst, Mr. Greg Biggins. How you doing, GB? Coach Keith. Yes, sir. Coach it- I'm doing good, man. I, I gotta, I gotta say, man. And I hear it in your voice. Your, your ha ha, just didn't have the same kind of spunk. I know you had a long weekend, man. Been there, done that. Talk to me about it, man. Are you, uh, are you recovering? I am recovering. A little under the weather. Uh, ran into a couple of storms down in Canton, Ohio, and uh, you know, long as there was no lightning, we were out on the football field. So, uh, a little under the weather. Had a nice little ten-hour layover or so out in Houston. <laughs> um, my plane got delayed probably about eight or nine times. Um, Beautiful. So I ended up getting home at about four in the morning on Sunday. And I had been gone since Thursday. So it was a pretty, you know, extended trip, long layover, under the weather. But, you know, as the story goes, GB, this that all that does not stop a party. I'm excited about today's show. I'm excited about what we have coming up moving forward, just in high school football, you know, SoCal. Um, got some good things coming this summer, so I'm excited about that. But let's get back into the show. We want to talk recruiting right off the bat. GB. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Hit us with what you got, man. <coughs> Yes, I mean, I don't know where to go with this one, Keith. I guess we could start off with the, the lone commitment of the week was Alonzo Fatanet, now at Oaks Christian. Just a 2021 lad, big 6'3 wide receiver who committed to Arizona State. Uh, the Sun Devils are doing a nice job early, as they always do in the SoCal, or, uh, SoCal era area. Um, so Alonzo took an unofficial visit over the weekend. That was his third time on the Tempe campus. Fell in love with it. And, uh, I mean, he was already in love with the campus. I think this third time, as he told me, third time is the charm. Likes the, uh, likes the offense, likes Coach Herm Edwards. Um, he's close with Donovan West. Just felt it was a great overall fit. I said, man, it's kind of early, though. He said, hey, when you know, you know. You know, when you know, you know. Now I can just kind of focus on Oaks Christian football and being a great teammate and a leader on my new campus and all that good stuff. So uh, the big 6'3 receiver in the 2021 class. Like I said, he's just a sophomore going into his junior year. So Alonzo is getting it done early. He's going to be a Sun Devil. Love Alonzo. You know, some attributes that you always hear on this show, at least from me, Greg, um, and I know you're a big proponent of this as well, size, length, 
catch radius, ball skills. That pretty much sums up Fontenot. Um, for the most part, he can run, but I love his size at 6'3". I love his length. His catch radius to extend over and around defenders, box out, go up and grab rebounds. Fontenot making a call to the Sun Devils. And apparently, GB, fresh off the presses, that Arizona State staff has become even more dynamic. Former Cincinnati Bengals head coach Marvin Lewis has now joined the Arizona State Sun Devils staff as a special assistant or a special advisor. So congratulations to the Sun Devils bringing in a, you know, a well-accomplished, a very well-respected former head coach, defensive coordinator Marvin Lewis to their staff. GB, what do you think about that? That's great. It's great. I mean, obviously, if you're a, I mean, it's a huge recruiting tool. Forget that he's a great coach, but just from a recruiting standpoint, you ask any high school kid and say, hey, what is your ultimate dream? And yeah, you'll have a few say, I want to become a doctor or whatnot, but most high school football players, the first thing they're going to say is, hey, I want to play in the NFL. So when you bring in former guys who coach at the NFL level, what can they tell that kid? Hey, I coach there. I can get you there. That's always the, the first pitch you hear from a coach who was an NFL coach. Is I, I know what it takes. I've been in the draft room. I know what I'm looking for. Come play for me. I will get you to that level. And everyone says it. It's not always believable. But when you have someone like Herm Edwards and now Marvin Lewis saying it, it kind of rings a little bit more true, Keith. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely think there is some there is value there. There is value there. And uh, Arizona State doing a nice job putting the pieces of the puzzle together um, for the you know the next five years for them. So, man, that, that's a big pickup, GB. Big pickup. Let's move along with recruiting. Got anything else? Yeah, we got Jack Yeri. He's going to commit tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday night. So when you all hear the show, it's going to be that night, uh, 7 p.m. I, I think it's always been a USC and, uh, you know, probably first, second, and third for, for Jack. Everyone knows his family history. Ron Gary is his famous father, Minnesota Viking, number one overall pick in the draft back in the day. Not a, not a first-round pick, the number one overall pick out of USC. He was raised in a USC family. And I'll be surprised if it's, you know, if it's anybody else. UCLA, Washington, ASU, LSU, all involved. And he told me uh, repeatedly that the biggest thing for him is he wants to find an offense that's going to utilize the tight end. And obviously, that was the one thing about USC. They're bringing in Graham Harrell. It's going to be more of an air raid type offense that doesn't usually use the tight end that much. And so, you know, if you kind of took Jack at face value and, and felt like, you know, he's being truthful and saying offense scheme will play a huge role, he said, hey, I want to watch USC. I want to see how they look. Well, he's going ahead and committing tomorrow night. So that kind of tells me, you know what, USC was always going to be really, really tough to beat. And, and I, I think he announces for them tomorrow. Uh, you know, UCLA's done a great job recruiting him, as has ASU, as has Washington. But I think, you know, right now USC uh, is, the, is in the driver's seat. And hey, what, Keith, one thing we've talked a, lot, talked a lot about, not just length for a receiver, but these 250-pound tight ends yes. that end up being first-round draft pick. That's an offensive lineman in four or five years. I tell you what, man, I love Jack Gary long-term as an offensive lineman. He probably doesn't want to hear that. No tight ends do. They all want to be the guy who's running around making catches and touchdowns. 
But look it up, man. Look it up financially. Who gets paid more, left tackles or tight ends? And I think Jack's already an excellent blocker. He's got a huge frame. Uh, I, he was 250 over the summer. I heard he's now closer to 260, and the guy can move and long-armed. I, I would love to see him in three or four years make that transition. But regardless, that's a whole other topic, Keith. Yeah. Regardless, right, we're talking about Jack Gary commitment, and I think it's going to probably be USC. We'll find out tomorrow night, Flash later tonight. Yeah, first things first, when your dad is the top overall pick in a draft from a school, you know, 99 times over 100, you're probably going to attend that school. And number two, uh, Jack Yeary, there's no comparison between left tackle money and tight end money. It's, it's a slam dunk. So, um, Congratulations to Jack. Hopefully he, he goes where his heart desires. And uh, congratulations to the Yeary family. Moving along, GB, anything else? Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess I, I have to touch upon the Brew McCoy situation. Uh, this is something that I, I've been knowing about uh, for a while. Didn't want to say anything. Wasn't my place to say anything. But now it's kind of college football's worst-kept secret. It's been out all over the place. There's been a ton of misinformation out there. Um, you know, Brew is home right now uh, from Texas. A lot of speculation that he will not be going back to Texas. A lot of speculation, even more speculation, in fact, that USC is going to end up where Brew plays. Um, a crazy story, obviously, if it all you know, comes to fruition. You know, some backstory, Brew signed with USC, uh, enrolled, wasn't happy, transfer portal, ends up at Texas, and now there's been, like I said, a lot of talk that he's going to go back into the portal and come back home to play at USC for a lot of reasons. Like I said, I can't comment too much on it. A lot of moving parts still, and because I almost, I almost feel like because I'm close enough to the family, I, I actually have more inside information. I can't share it because I am close, and there's people just say, saying a bunch of kind of lunacy. I think there was a report yesterday that Bruce already informed Clay Helton he's coming. Right. Well, no, he hasn't. That'd be an NCAA violation. He's still a Texas student right now, so there's been zero contact between Brew and family and, and USC staff. Now, are there intermediaries? Probably safe to assume, yes, there are. But has there been contact between Brew and his family and, and USC and Coach, Coach Helton? No. They're, they're smart enough to know they're not going to do anything that's going to be uh, illegal in the eyes of the NCAA. So I do think something will happen by the end of the week. And uh, we'll find out what the family's going to do. And I'll just kind of keep my mouth shut on that. I, I do believe that speculation is very strong uh, that he could end up back in the portal and he could end, could end up back at SC. But like I said, until the family puts something out there, I don't really want to speculate too much on it. But it would be a crazy story and a, and a wild story and you know one that I've never seen before in terms of a guy enrolling early, leaving, and then coming back to the same school that he originally left. It'd be, it'd be kind of an unprecedented story. So, sure. But that's recruiting, Keith. That, that's, uh, it, it's never, never a dull moment. With the with this portal, Greg, um, I think I think it puts it puts extras on recruiting. I mean, it's never gonna end. A kid is never done being recruited, if you ask me. I don't care if he wins the Heisman at one place. He still may be thinking about transferring. Maybe I'll be the first guy to win a Heisman at two different places. I mean, this recruiting thing is wild. But it is rather entertaining, Greg Biggins. So thank you so much for that report. And you know what? At the end of the day, Greg, 
I just hope that Brew does uh, what's best for him and his family, and then he goes and becomes successful at it. I mean, he's going to be successful regardless in life because he's, a, he's just a five-star person with a great work ethic, but I hope it brings him everything that he wants. So um, good luck to Brew and the McCoy family. Moving along here, GB. It's time, my man. Thank you so much for that report, by the way. We appreciate it. It's time Absolutely. for our Sleeper Absolutely. of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our Sleeper of the Week this week got a chance to see a kid, uh, you know, was... I think you probably remember these days, Greg, early in your kind of career traveling, we were doing check-in and measurables, and uh, this kid walks in, he's kind of got his chin down, and he's kind of got the hair going, he's kind of quiet kid, but then he, you know, he's got some size on him, he comes, he measures in, in socks, at 6'3 even, then he stretches his arms out, and the guy goes 6'9 on the wingspan, I'm thinking, gee whiz, 63 with a 69 wingspan. If you don't if you can't calculate that, that's 81 inches. He goes and weighs in, Greg, weighs in at 190. And so we have a conversation and we talk about what last season was about. I get his huddle film. Kid's name is Sean Wilson out of St. Francis High School in Queens, New York. Again, that's Sean Wilson out of St. Francis High School in Queens, New York. Legitimately measured in with all the measurables. Um, and then went out and performed. And, and I told everybody there, I said, this is the guy. Nobody really knew him. Nobody said anything about him. His coach was talking about another guy. I said, no, that's the guy. That's the guy right there. And the kid went out and pretty much dominated the 15U portion of the tournament. He was a, a 50-50 monster, a jump ball king. His ability to elevate, extend, um, and be strong with the rebound, and keep it in his hands. He won games on the last play. He knocked away balls to win games on the last play at safety. Sean Wilson, receiver, 2022, Greg. You'll like this guy. He's going to remind you of Devin Williams, who's at SC right now. He will remind you exactly of Devin Williams. I like it. Yes. Sean will probably end up about 6'5", but I'd like to see him, and I know he's probably going to listen to this, I'd like to see him really improve and get committed to his speed work and in the weight room. If he becomes a 4-5 guy and, and ends up becoming 225 at about 6-5, he's just going to be up. He's going to be unstoppable. He'll be unstoppable. Uh, he's got a lot to learn. He needs to learn how to run a route. He needs to get faster. He needs to get quicker. He needs to get stronger. But everything is there. Now he's just got to go put the work in, and you're going to see four or five-star player. Guaranteed, mark it down, it's going to happen. So St. Francis High School, 2022 receiver, Sean Wilson. Big-time playmaker, a lot of room to go, to grow, a lot of potential. 
could be special um, if he loves the game and wants to put the work in. So congratulations, Sean. You're this week's Sleeper of the Week. Let's move along. Sean Wilson. That just sounds like an athletic name. Oh, man. Yeah, you you like this cat. Um, so, want to get back to the Hall of Fame 7-on-7. Seven seven. Great event. Um, you know me, Greg. I'm not a big 7-on-7 seven seven fan. 7-on-7, seven seven, Homer, you? I, you know me. I, I pretty much hate 7-on-7. Seven seven. Pretty much hate it. Not don't like it. I pretty much hate it. But this weekend, I came to a, a more um, clear conclusion that I don't hate 7-on-7, seven seven, and I don't dislike it. I just hate it the way it's ran most times. I remember going to Passing Down years ago and Passing Down was actually, you know, ran pretty well. Um, and, and I appreciated that and, you know, felt good about that. And, and, and that was a good thing. But I've been to so many other ones where it was just ran so poorly and it was so ghetto and easty and ridiculous that... I didn't ever have one, anything to do with it. I never wanted to be around it. I didn't want my kids to be around it. I didn't. I went so far as to say I never wanted my kids to play seven on seven just because of the ignorance that engulfed the entire seven on seven culture. That's how. That's how bad I felt about. It. That's how negative I felt about it. But what is what does Easty mean? Easty. You ever been to the east side of LA? I'm talking Central and, 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 and Imperial. You know what I mean? Between Wilmington and Central and Imperial, it's called the Projects over there. Easty, the Projects. That means ignorance, all right, illiteracy, all right, and a bunch of recklessness. Okay. Tell us how you really feel about that. I was, I just want to make sure you weren't you were you know you weren't saying Easty as a, as a shout out our our boy Eric and Aaron East. I'm like, hey, leave those guys out of this one, <laughs> No, no, no. That's funny. Okay. No, go no, on, no. Go on. Um, so, 707, a Hall of Fame event, I didn't have anything to do with running the event. That was, you know, my guy Gary Howard and, and, his, group, and his crew. Um, but it was just, I felt like it was ran the right way, right? Uh, there were six referees on every field, Greg. And I'm not just talking guys who refed at the local YMCA. These are college-level refs who took control of the game. They did not allow for or facilitate any unsportsmanlike or disrespectful behavior, period, period, point blank. They took control of the games. Um, Games started on time. There wasn't a bunch of profane music um, that, you know, women and and young kids were subjected to. There were no fights. Um, there were not. There weren't parents on the field cussing at the players and the refs. Just it was well ran. I enjoy watching the kids compete. Big Noah Biden, who you're gonna hear from real soon, Greg, because if you don't know him, you will know him. Six foot three and a half, two hundred twenty-two pound quarterback out of uh, Christ the King, big time player. He ended up. He got an offer um, from the not from the seven on seven while he was at the seven on seven event. It was just, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I had a good time. The food was excellent. Man, I had this uh, Philly, chicken Philly. It's like a Philly cheesesteak, but no, no no, steak, just chicken. Man, it was it was, it was, was fire. I had it two days in a row. Um, and it, it was just ran the right, right way. I appreciated it. I had a good time. It was great to see the players. Great to see some, 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 uh, some guys that I knew back in the past. And um, 
Midwest, boom, takes they sweep the high school, 15U, middle school, and 12U divisions. Um, probably the most important piece to all that was a tremendous tribute to Jaylon McKenzie. Uh, during the opening ceremonies on stage, we brought his mom and his grandmother. We flew them out, and uh, they showed a nice tribute video. Um, the the 15U trophy, 707 trophy, was named after Jaylon, the Jaylon McKenzie Memorial Trophy. It was pretty emotional. It probably wasn't a dry eye in the entire building, and uh, it was great to see her and give her a hug, um, and the grandmother as well. So <clears throat> it was a, it was a, it was a good good tournament. Good competition. Most important piece, Jay Jaylon was was honored. His mom actually sent me uh, a picture of me and him uh, from this past summer, and it really hit me hard, Greg. It really did. <clears throat> I was sitting in the airport, and she sent that to me, and um, it was it was pretty emotional for me. It was because I was just looking at him, and <clears throat> you know, knowing that that could be that could have been my son, or um, you know, somebody my nephew or whatever case may be like you know it wasn't supposed to happen to that kid he was just kind of wrong place wrong time walking outside but uh he was he was such a delight to be around and he was such a great kid to know with terrific energy and a great smile and unbelievable talent he was you know he was a mixture between a, a odell beckham and a jarvis landry he was that dynamic as an athlete he dominated our eighth grade game with, you know, five catches, 137 yards and two touchdowns. And it was just great to see his mom and, uh, and honor him in that way. So a good event, well ran, um, a lot of respect for uh, Gary Howard, did a nice job putting that thing together. And, and everybody that was involved did a great job of, of, of executing. And uh, that's pretty much it, GB. That's pretty much it, my man. Yeah, well said, well said. I, I've As you kind of build these relationships with, with young kids and you get in this business you see a lot of terrible stuff but man nothing comes comes close to that someone you know and all of a sudden you know they're gone it, it's just it leaves such a hollow place and like you said I thought you, you you said that very well so my apologies or my condolences to you and everybody else I knew our our Midwest guys knew the kid really well too phenomenal kid quick with a smile and like you said man a phenomenal football player too yeah yeah, he really was. He really was. So um like to move along. But congratulations to Midwest Boom. They swept the deal. There were about fifty teams. Next year I can I can venture to say it's probably gonna be a hundred teams. But it was a lot it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So I am back in seven on seven, Greg Biggins. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm back in seven on seven. But I guarantee Look out. I guarantee you this though, you will not catch me at a tournament that's a backyard buggy. Okay? You will not catch me at a tournament that does not have six refs on every field with security present. Um, you won't catch me there. So, time to move along, Greg Biggins. You had a chance to attend. I remember last year. Last year? Did you go last year, Greg? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You did go. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did go. I was there last year. You had a chance to go this year. Of course, I wasn't there because I was out of town. Um, the quarterback with Steve Clarkson's quarterback retreat. I remember last year, Greg. We had I had a little bit of a negative feel about it, just in terms of um, how guys competed or, or not. But maybe I had the wrong um, perception of what was going to happen versus what yeah. did happen. Right? Perception yep. versus reality. So why don't you give yep. us, yeah, give us and give the listeners um, what, what you saw, what you thought, and, and the whole breakdown. 
Yeah, yeah, no. Um, before we get to that, though, you brought up you brought up the food, and I just want to really, really quickly touch on the Servite practice. <laughs> I went to. It, was our, it was our last practice <laughs> of the year, and Keith, let me just tell you, as much as we love Centennial and how well they treated us. No way. Don't Servite, do it. Don't do it. I, I, I'm not going to say Servite does it better. Because that would be an insult to Centennial. But let me just say, Servite, I, I can't say anyone does it better than them either. I mean, wow. they, just, they, they, Keith, they do this every single Thursday after practice. Really? This was the final practice of the spring. I thought, hey, hey this, is, you know, this is a nice way to end it. They go, dude, this is how we do it every Thursday. Wow. So the grill was popping before right. practice even got going. We're talking chicken. We're talking three different kinds of sausages. We're talking a gigantic bowl of chili. We're talking the, the biggest thing of fruit salad you've ever seen. And to top it off, you know, way in the back, they had coolers with some Negro Modelo mm-hmm. to wash it all down. Yeah. Keith, I had a beautiful time. I want to throw out some love to Servite. And they got a nice young Keith. You would love this. You you would love this because you you feel the same way I do. Every kid on the I tweeted this out. Every kid on the team. It's not mandatory, but it's strongly. I'm, I, I'm emphasizing the word strongly mm-hmm. encouraged. Every kid has to play a second sport. You nice. can't just be football only. So they, they give out these rosters, right? Um, that they give to the colleges. It's a r- roster of the players, uh, their height, weight, position, GPA, and it says what other sport they're playing. And every other kid, every kid on this list is playing a sport other than football. I ask them, I go, hey, this is kind of cool. You got a lot of guys playing other sports. I'm looking at this list. I go, wait, every kid out here has played a second sport. And they said, yeah. It's basically, that's Troy. He just want the guys to just get bogged down and mentally fatigued from football. And he knows it's great for your body to recover. And it's also great for your body to learn another dynamic movement. Yes. So 47 players on the Servite, 40 players on the Servite team play rugby. Like 30 wrestle. A ton play basketball and track. And it's, it's the the Probably the best freshman athlete I've seen this offseason has been T-Mac. Um, I can't pronounce his first name very well. It's like Tataro McMillan, but we just call him T-Mac. He's a freshman sensation, 6'4 athlete. But the kid is an all-world basketball player. He's a potential U.S. junior national volleyball player as well. And you look at the kid playing football, and he is so thick and gifted. 6'4", 6'3", with long old arms. So coordinated, balanced. He's playing cornerback. He's playing safety. He's playing receiver. I mean, this kid already has almost double-digit offers. This kid is going to be so so good that I personally think, you know, as of right now, probably the best freshman I've seen um, skill-wise. You know, yeah. Servite's good. They're going to be really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So their line is big and strong. And Troy was just talking about how you know a year in his strength program has made a huge difference. Uh, they got. Six, seven, eight deep, um, moving Ender Aguilar from tight end to left tackle, who's again converted tight end. I think he's going to be really good there. Um, I really like Overman a lot out there catching passes. Obviously, we love Noah Fafita and what kind of uh, upside he has. Little Noah Avinger. Do they got some dudes that serve? Like, watch out. Maybe not this year. I think, you know, Bryce and DJ are still probably too good. But once Bryce and DJ leave, I out. think it's a level playing field. You know, watch out for Jay Sarah, but Servite is kind of like the quiet team that no one talks about. But from what I saw, and they got a lot of good, young, big linemen. And obviously, I love the skill. And again, with Noah Fafita, he's going to win games. T-Mac, Avenger, these guys are all underclassmen. They're going to be good in, in a couple of years. 
just wanted to throw that out. Throw out some love for those guys. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. I've been had I've had my eyes on these guys since they were the OC Buckeyes, which was you know two years ago or you know almost two years ago now, and they won the national championship. And they've got some they got some guys, man. They got some guy. And I, I said that when they they came to the Hall of Fame, you know, World Bowl showcase a couple months ago, and I said Servite is going to be a problem. You can see it. You can see it. The athletes that they have, the quarterback that they have. You know they're going to be physical with Troy being their coach. If you just blend all that into one nice pot, that's a nice batch of gumbo right there, GB. So I, I like, no. I really, really like what Servite and, and watch what I tell you. Those young guys, they're going to upset somebody they're not supposed to this year. Yeah, no, Troy. Troy is definitely evolving, and I and I love it. And it's funny, he's as old school as you can be. And he's like, dude, I'm coaching like four seven on seven teams in an FBU team right now. I went to Florida last year. He's like, I know I have to do this because, you know, that's what the kids want. That's how you. You know, you, you, you got to – kids want to be, uh, you know, given more exposure. And that was something that I would never really been into before. But now you, you kind of have to do that. And so he is – you know, he's he's doing it. He's doing everything it takes to be successful at Servite. So uh, hats off to them and nice. to the chef and all that good stuff. Hey, but to touch on, I think, you know, go back to the, uh, the retreat. And, and like you said, um, I, I think you have to go in with the, to the retreat with the right mindset. It's, it's a retreat, right? That's the, the word right there spells it out what it exactly what it is it's a retreat so kind of like you know you said maybe you didn't have the right mindset going in it's kind of like i used to go to vegas think i was gonna come home with a million dollars and i hated it right then once i figured out hey if i lose but i have great time for two hours gambling i'm fine with that so right. i think with the retreat if you go in with the mindset of it's a, a relaxing environment where there's going to be a lot of really elite college quarterbacks your two attack your trevor lawrence's shay patterson jacob eason they're out there kind of as, as not just counselors, but trying to, you know, mentoring some of the young kids. The high school group of athletes was good, but it's, it's more of just about a mentorship and, and a lot of, you know, young, young quarterbacks in the ages between like 13 and 10 are out there. It's kind of almost more about them than, than if you expected it just to see this grinding workout where kids going to, you know, Elite 11 style, just work, 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 and throw 100 balls, and you're going to really watch and evaluate. That's not what this camp is about. Then now, Saying that, you know, the, the high school group was was pretty good, and I did see, uh, you know, some pretty top-line performances. Uh, Aaron McLaughlin, that first day, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which I like. Uh, kind of mentioned, you know, he's not where he's at right now in terms of rankings. That, which, that always motivates kids. So he was out there, man, ripping it, and he looked really good. I love Miller Moss and kind of offseason he's had. Uh, Luca Diamant from Venice going to Duke. Uh, had a very good offseason. He looks bigger, stronger, longer. Arm is more live, and he was taking every rep and every drill very, very seriously, which I love. Um, so, you know, Bryce Young, DJ, uh, they're all out there as well. Uh, probably didn't get as many reps as some of the other guys I just mentioned. Um, but, uh, you know, Pierce Clarkson, uh, you, you know, young pup, eighth grader going to Bosco now. Uh, he actually was working hard, getting a ton of reps. But I'd say, I would say Keith, the guy that stole the show, was probably Malik Murphy. Uh, they did a long ball competition, which included the college guys. And some of these guys, you know, Stephen Montez from Colorado's got a hose. Jacob Eason has a hose. DJ, as we know, has a hose. Malik won the long ball competition on his first throw, 74 yards, uh, with a little decent win, not behind him. So, uh, and then Murphy went out and killed all the drills, uh, rolling out, rolling left, rolling right, drop back throwing, you know, with targets, throwing uh, off-platform. 
I mean, he was the guy, everybody walked away, who didn't already know him, and they're like some of the college guys who are out of the area saying, wait, this kid is a ninth grader, and he just threw 74 yards, and he's making these, you know, rolling left, off-platform, side-on throws, right on the money. Um, I think he was probably the most talked-about guy there from the high school division, so it's going to be fun and interesting to watch Sarah. Obviously, they got uh, Doug Brumfield, who's committed to UNLV, who's a senior. They got Malik, everyone thought, you know, one of those two guys would probably transfer out. Neither of them did. Um, it, it's going to be it's interesting to see the competition and, and how they handle playing time. Is it going to be a rotation? Is it going to be a, hey, we're going to compete and give it to one guy? Um, I would guess to try to keep both kids happy. They're going to probably play them both. But, it, you know, when it comes to crunch time, who's going to be the guy? You know, how does Malik, who has double-digit offers without even starting a game yet, how is he going to handle a pass rush? and uh, defense and all that good stuff. We know we can play, you know, on air, but, you know, when there's a guy coming after you with ill intentions, it's a little, little bit different. But mm. just from a pure throwing standpoint, Malik yeah. is pretty gifted. So I'm very curious to watch how, you know, our guy Scott Allenberg handles the, the quarterback situation. So but overall, Keith, it was a fun, like I said, fun weekend. I always bring the wife and my two little kids out there. Uh, we stay out oh, there nice. in Santa Monica, yeah, beautiful area, a little, yep. little bit rainy. But uh, still, a, still a really good time, and like I said, overall, a, a really solid event. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to put you on spot. Malik Murphy, at this stage right now in his development, is he more talented than DJ was at that time? Is he more? Yeah. We're just talking yeah. talent here. Talent, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say he's, because he's, because DJ was still pretty raw as, as a freshman, um, I would say right now, Malik, at, as a freshman, I'm, I'm trying to think out loud mm-hmm. who is advanced just mechanically, throwing with touch, changing speeds. I mean, he's doing some stuff. But again, I, I hesitate. We haven't seen him in pads yet, Keith. Right, which, I agree. You know, I know we both agree. Mm-hmm. We can't really comment too much. So just from a physical standpoint, just yeah. of the size and mm-hmm. the athleticism, mm-hmm. you know, the personality. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen a freshman as gifted um. Yeah, I'm, I'm racking my brain right now, man. I'm, I'm going back to when I saw Mark Sanchez and Carson Palmer. They weren't as good as he was. No. Uh, Josh Rosen was extremely good as a freshman. I saw him as an eighth grader going into his freshman year. So Rosen was extremely gifted. Um, but this kid got a, a different type of athletic ability, an athletic body to him as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if I tried hard enough, but at the top of my head, man, I can't think of a freshman who has his physical gift. I'm going to throw out a name to you. Do and, it. And you t- you tell me the first thing. I'm going to throw out a comparison. You tell me the first okay. thing that comes to your head. Malik Murphy. Okay. Randall Cunningham. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just, and just turn, just turn. I'm talking talent wise, right? You talk about the yeah. athleticism, the athletic yeah. ability, the 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 stroke, the, the yeah. explosive arm, right? Yeah. Uh, you got to remember, Randall was you know NFL MVP, NFL as a you know what second or third year guy. Then he was NFL Offensive Player of the Year, kind of as a 13 year guy. Um, that type of talent, when it's kind of honed in, it's almost unstoppable. Yeah, the, the stroke is almost kind of similar too, right? Randall was a little bit long with it at times. Mm-hmm, Malik, mm-hmm. there's one thing I would say, maybe tighten that thing up a little bit. Yep. I mean, from a, a mechanical standpoint, I, I would say Miller Moss has about as pure a stroke and a release as you're going to find. Malik gets a little bit long with it at times. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think, again, that's kind of what Randall looked like too. Long ball, mm-hmm. 
big, strong yeah. athlete. Yeah. That's a uh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. Nice, nice. Well, well, thank you. That, um, that that's met Malik in the eighth grade, and you're like, and I'm staring. I'm you know, I'm I'm five eleven. I'm staring this kid almost in the face. He might be a little. He might have been six feet at the time, eighth grade. But you just knew he just had it in his eyes, Greg. Him and his dad walked up to me, introduced themselves, and you knew right off the bat, like, okay, they're serious. They're not in here to screw around. And so, um. You know, looking forward to seeing him on a varsity field with live bullets. Like you said, Greg, I don't want to overdo things. Comparison just in terms of talent-wise, Randall Cunningham seems like it fits for me. But live bullets, you know, free runner coming at you. You know, easy to do with shirts and shirts on. But I have watched him kind of in the youth level a little bit, watched a little bit of his tape. He can run around. He can still do a lot of the same things. It's got to translate to the high school level and beyond, but I think it will. You're probably talking about the number one quarterback in the class, you know, over the next four years. Um, maybe the number one player in the class, you know, by a senior year. So it'll be interesting to see Greg Biggins. We'll be following it, right? We'll be following it. Yeah, no, and like, like you said, and you know, there's a. I feel like with the, with the Twitter social media generation, we don't want to be a product, you know, a victim of the moment, yep. right? Where you kids have done something, and all of a sudden we, we blow it up and. You know, I know as a Dodger fan, you probably love what Cody Bellinger's doing, but I'm seeing people say he's better than Mike Trout right now. Hot as a hey. firecracker. Yeah. Absolutely. He's the best player. He's having the best season. But I'm just saying that there's literally an argument on some message board I was on about saying, he is he not better than Mike Trout? And I'm saying, hey, let's let, let's let Cody do it for four or five years and then make that call. He's definitely having the best season. But, you know, I'm a victim of the moment. I don't want to get too high on Malik after, you know, uh, a weekend, and, and obviously he was at this event last year too as an eighth grader. And he, yep. he was great then too. So we know he's gifted, but let's let the guy do it with the defense and with pads on before we start to annoy him. But man, the guy definitely has all the upside and potential in the world. There you go, no doubt about it. Thank you so much for that quarterback retreat report. Young Trevor Lawrence passing the torch in a little while to Big DJ. That's Clemson. Clemson, you are a blessed football program right now. Amen? Dude, amen. Absolutely. <laughs> no question. So that pretty much does it for this show. We appreciate you guys for joining us. Check back in on a Friday. You know we're going to have something for you. Uh, but as you know, as today's show goes, we're going to wrap this baby up. It's your boy, Coach Keith. It's your man, Greg Biggins. It's the Transparent Truth, man. Nobody does it like us, man. When are you guys going to figure that out? There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.